No Exit with Nicholas Corris contains explicit language and content. Listener discretion is advised. You can always tell when it's going to be a crazy night at a hospital. When you've been working for as long as I have, and you've seen as much as I have, you just kind of know when things are going to go off. For me, it started when I clocked in. I saw the charge nurse Valerie come up to me with a file in her hand and didn't even have my backpack off before she stopped me. Nathan, she said. She was always a little shy, but always nice to me. Nicer than most of the other staff, honestly. Uh, we've got someone new coming in tonight, and we're going to need your help. We were a small hospital, so it wasn't out of the ordinary when I had to help out with regular hospital things. Nothing major, like taking temperatures or cleaning fluoroscopes, mind you, but just minor things here and there. Moving patients, moving things, getting things like beds in and out of storage. It was just on my list of stuff, which I was always happy to help with. It broke up the monotony some nights and gave me something to do other than sit at a desk or stand in the parking lot. Yeah, sure, I said, pulling the security log out of the locked desk drawer. Let me just write my time here, um... Uh, wait, I, I thought we were at max capacity. Did somebody leave today? No, she said, pushing her hair behind her ear. Nobody left, but, uh, they were thinking of putting him in 19B. I almost dropped the pen from my hand as I heard this. I looked up at her. Uh, are you, are you sure? I don't, I don't know if that's a good idea. Yeah, I know, she said, but that's what they said they want. Greg and Tammy said that? I asked, and she nodded, with a look drawn on her face. Greg being my boss, the building operations guy, and Tammy being his boss, the CEO of this little ramshackle building, and its 23 beds located in the heart of the city's downtown. This, in a way, didn't surprise me, because I knew her bosses had been on their ass to start bringing in more patients and making more money, because the renovations to this place were costing them an arm and a leg. But in a more real way, this surprised the living fuck out of me, as it should have. Because 19B has a notorious history in this hospital. So, what does he want me to do? There's stuff all over that room. He said, just get the stuff out, put it in the conference room for now, and then push in a regular bed and an air mattress from the storage container. Cleaning crew will come in after. You have time, though. He won't be here until 10. I took a deep breath. Okay, well, if that's what they want, I mean, I don't have to tell you though that I'm not comfortable with it. I mean, I'm not saying you are. I mean, just, you know, that room and all. Yeah, she said. I know. She was the only person who had been here longer than me. She knew the story in that room. There was a silence between us. She thanked me and went back to the nurse's station. I could tell she wanted to talk more, but things were the most busy for her right now during shift change. I did my initial write-ins, put the book back, and went through the keyring until I got to the dull brass-colored one with the bright orange sticker on it. 19B was written on it with jagged blue ink. Even the fucking key to this place was ugly to look at. I took a deep breath and made my way to the other end of the building. The corner room, all the way at the end. There was PT equipment stacked next to it, which was already an OSHA violation that I would have to take care of as well. Key in hand, I stop to ready myself before I unlock it, and when I do, I open the door and see a pile of old dirty mattresses and wheelchairs scattered about, and dust hitting the sunlight. Shimmering eyes belonging to spectral heads of elderly people mostly turn to look at me. There's about seven of them, or eight. I can't tell. We never know exactly who's in this room at any time. They take a look at me and vanish once they make themselves known. I turn on the light and can still feel their electric coldness in the air. Everyone who has ever been put in this room has died.
died and never left it. I didn't feel any more optimistic about the guy who was coming in when I saw him. This man looked frail, venerable even. He was hooked up to oxygen and had liver spots on his liver spots, so to speak. This man quite seriously looked to be over a hundred, or nearing a hundred. His eyes were halfway opened, and as he held his hand up, his fingers and thumb were missing and stitched up with thick black suture like a raggedy ant doll. When I saw that, I immediately knew why he was here. Diabetes. Wound care. They looked fresh, too. This was a common thing to see. We were an acute care hospital that dealt with this kind of thing. No matter how many times I did see it, it still spooked me just a bit every time I saw it. A person, stitched up like a doll. I watched him as he was wheeled in. A team of five of our staff and the EMTs swarmed around him like an entourage. I could see a glint in his eye and couldn't tell if he was looking at me because he was disoriented or, well, high as hell off surgical drugs as it were, but I felt like he might have seen me. I hope I had my look of concern for him in this situation. There was a woman who came in after him. She held a duffel bag which I presume was some of his stuff, clothes, toiletries, and the like. She was too young to be his wife, so I had to assume it was his daughter. Families almost never talk to me. Sometimes they do, but not often. They want to talk to a person in scrubs or a white coat or somebody who knows what they're doing. Not a guy with a silver badge and a flashlight. But her, she just walked over to me like we knew each other, or something. She threw the duffel bag on my desk and held her forehead with both hands. Oh my god, she said. I'm sorry, I just, I need a minute. It's been a rough past few days. I'm just, I'm just glad we could finally get him situated. I hope he'll be better off here than the other place. The woman, the rep for you guys, she said things would be a lot more comfortable for him. At least he has his own room here. Hands in my pocket, I stuffed down all my anxiety into my chest and said to her, Yeah, he'll be fine. It'll be alright. I like to believe these things when I say them though sometimes it's harder than others. I couldn't very well tell her how I really felt. Though I could tell as of right now, she was on high alert, and something in my voice, something in the way I said it, made her look at me strangely. Uh, you know what? I said, I'll keep an eye on him myself. My name's Nathan, I'll look after him. She smiled a little smile when I said this, this time for real now. I could tell some of the pressure was lifted from her. That, what I said there, I knew was true. I would have looked after him one way or the other. Every time I went on patrol, I would swing by his room and just hang out by the door. I was on my third round when one of the nurses at the nearby station started talking to me. He was a younger guy. I remember correctly, he was about a year out of nursing school. Nice guy. Name was Derek. Nice enough, anyway. You know this guy? He asked, not looking up from his charts. Hmm? I said. Oh. No, I met his family earlier. I'm just checking up on him. Can't believe you cleared out that whole room by yourself, he said. It's fucking gross in there, all those roaches. Looks nice, though, now. You guys did a good job. Uh, thanks, I said. I took a sip out of my coffee mug. Though I really didn't need the caffeine at this point. You've been here for a long time now, huh? The charge nurse told me. She says that the room is haunted. Do you think that's true? I was caught off guard by this. Wait, what? Who told you this? Val did, he said. She said that room is haunted. She said everyone in that room. He stopped himself, leaned forward, and said, Well, you know, do you think it's true, though? I responded with a shake in my head. I had no idea how to answer that. I peeled myself away from the door and set my cup on the desk he was working at. Prepared myself for a soliloquy. Listen, um, I don't like to talk about it, but I'll tell you this. 
Everyone thinks that every hospital, school, theater, and abandoned building is haunted in one form or another, right? There's always something around somewhere that you can't see or make sense of. You know in the movies where a person finds out something is weird and they spend the whole movie trying to convince others that it's real? Things aren't that way in real life. It's the total opposite in my experience. You say a dark room or an empty place or some such is haunted in real life, people take one look at it and they go, oh yeah, I bet it is. And it might be true and it might not be true. I don't know anything about ghosts and I don't pretend to know why anyone would stick around in the afterlife to a place. But sometimes I figure some things stick around because you believe in them. And sometimes some things just stick around, especially because you're afraid of them. Do you kind of get what I'm trying to tell you? He got real quiet. I could see the gears spinning in his head. And then he cracked the silence with something I just knew he was going to say. Yeah, but do you think it's on it, though? I shook my head and laughed. <sighs> no, I said, rolling my eyes. Oh, come on, he said. I know, I said. Hard to believe. I got my cup from off the desk and made my way back to the room. I wanted to get one last peek in before I went back out on patrol. I better get out of here, I said as I walked away. I ain't been in that parking lot for almost an hour. I hope someone's Tesla didn't keyed up or... I cut myself off, trying to adjust my eyes to what I was seeing in the dark room. I noticed a haze of several different things moving in and around, just slightly. It looked like damp tissue and water. I stopped where I was at. I could see the heads and the face make out the outline of people. I saw Mrs. Gregory Johnson, now five years dead, and I saw the outline of Douglas Speck, last seen breathing in this room 12 years ago when I was a newbie here. I saw recognizable faces, each of them, and they looked to be pushing down on the chest of the living man in the bed as he reached out with a fingerless hand to wave them away. Then I knew something else was wrong, besides what I was seeing here. Hey, I said, is everything okay with him? At first he said, hmm? And then I knew he was looking at the monitors in front of him. Oh God, I hear him shout. He gets on the phone and calls for a code in 19B. And then I notice him race past me. He flicks on the light and the spirits all wisp away. Soon, and I mean in a matter of seconds, I see the whole room is filled with almost every nurse on staff. I get a message on my radio that I need to get to the front because the paramedics are going to be here any second. Soon, the ambulance arrives and they stabilize him enough to get him to downtown U. Later in the night, I return to the desk where Derek was and ask him, Uh, hey, have you heard anything about that old man yet? How's he doing? Yeah, he said. I could see the rings around his eyes and the stress in his face. They got him under control. He's doing all right. I still can't figure out what caused it. They're going to keep him there overnight. Good, I said. Glad to hear that. Derek leaned his head over and looked over both ways down the hall before he told me what he was about to tell me. I, I saw something in there, he said, looking at me with tired glass eyes. I mean, it was like a second, like a fraction of a second, and... I don't know. It was gone before I hit the door to turn off the light, and I've been thinking about it. I think I know what you meant now. Yeah, I said. Well, look, just keep it in mind, I guess. I guess, uh, look, I'm gonna lock up that room for the rest of the night, okay? I'll be back around. He muttered something to the effect of, yeah, go right ahead, and it went over and did it. Snapped it shut with the hard turn of the metal, making it a point not to look in there this time. I didn't need to look. I could almost feel whatever it was going on in there right now. I didn't know how to describe it. 
It wasn't an emotion, but a sense of something, or even a lack of something outside of you. As I walked away, I remembered exactly what it was I wanted to tell him when he told me he knew what I was talking about. I wanted to say, yeah, I was afraid of that. I stayed just a little extra in the morning because I wanted to talk to Valerie on my way out. When we're full like this, I don't usually end up finding the time to talk to the staff like this because they're so busy. But on this morning, I waited for her. She was near the offices making copies and I came out from the break room with my hands in my pockets. Still here? She said. Oh yeah, I said, trying to look for an excuse, but I was too tired to think of one. So I got right to the point. Pretty crazy night last night, huh? Can't believe what happened to the guy in the room. She became very serious when she heard this. I knew this was the thing on her mind she wanted to talk about right now, even at this early in the day after a long shift. But she knew just as well as I did that we both wanted to talk about it. Yeah, she said. You know, he's coming back tonight. What? I said. You're kidding. Are they, are they gonna put him in the same room? Is anyone else leaving? She shook her head. No, she said. Everyone else is staying put at least for a while. He's got nowhere else to go. Jesus, I said. I can't believe this. This is ridiculous. Don't they know what happens in there? They know, she said. They know exactly. But they also can't afford to not do it, or at least they say they can't. I was disgusted by this. This sounded exactly like the kind of thing our bosses would do. <sighs> I know the guy is old and he obviously doesn't have a lot of time on this earth left, but I don't want to see him go like that. That place, that's a fucking void, man. It's not just an empty old room where a couple of Caspers hang around. It's a fucking rat trap. I don't, I'm sorry, I don't know what I'm saying. I was surprised at myself for blurting out so many bold feelings at once and wanted to apologize, but then she said, I know. I wonder, I mean, do you think we could do something about it? Like hang some crosses in there or something or maybe even get a priest? No, I said which were things that I had genuinely thought about before. Not on short notice, I don't think. I don't even know where to find a priest who would invest their time into something like this. Also, Mrs. Gonzalez had enough crosses in that room to turn it into a confessional. That didn't seem to help. You know, the only thing I've ever seen that gets rid of those things are, like, daylight, the first dawn of morning. I've seen them straight up disappear, then. That and fire, they don't seem to like those two things. Remember Mr. Wendell? He had a scented candle in there going on for a couple days before they told him it was a fire hazard. And then they made him put it out. I mean, remember in the moment he did that, he was done. If only there was a, a way. I don't, I don't know. She sighed and eased herself up from the machine. I don't know, Nathan. Maybe it will be different this time. Maybe, I said. I don't know. After giving my goodbyes to Valerie, I went straight home and got out of there. I didn't think I would actually fall asleep today, but I did. Right there on my living room couch, too, of all places. And I started to dream. I was back at work. The hospital. It felt like the old days when I first got hired. Seems like forever ago now. I could feel I was as old as I was today, but it was back then, if that makes any sense. I'm not in the building, but outside of it. I'm outside of 19B, the room. Parts of the walls are torn apart and I can see right inside. It's nighttime, like it always is because I'm rarely there during the day, but I can see people inside the room. 
Former patients. I recognize all of them, and I can even remember some of their names. Gregory Johnson, Douglas Speck, Rosemary Jarvis, Tim Henningway, Lisa Gonzalez, and others. I remember them, and there were some that were there before my time that I had only heard about. About 20 people, spectral, moving figures like negative images transposed on top of each other. Still in their hospital gowns, they died in, but instead of lying on their backs, overcome with whatever illness that they had been dumped on them, they paced and mulled around the room like they were angry or in pain or having fits, mental fits. I don't know the history of this room. It was beyond my time, way beyond my time, even before I was born. No one knew what happened here, and nobody ever dug deep enough to find out, but all I know was I was standing outside of that room right now where the walls had come undone. I knew I was conscious of the fact that I was dreaming and I could leave at any time, but I still had to see what was going to happen here. I could feel it like a charge in the air. Something was about to go down here. The room had become as large as a gymnasium, stretched open with an unnatural smear of reality. In the center there was a hole, a big black hole that looked like a waterfall was spilling into it. The angry, negative spirits of patients past were at the other end at the door and they were thrashing themselves around, pulling at something. I fix my eyes to see what's going on, careful not to step close to the hole in the floor, the wound in the earth where the darkness sucked everything in. And I see the old man from last night fighting his way in the doorway. He's not in his bed. He's standing up, with oxygen tubes and missing fingers and all. He's standing up, and he looks like he's trying to pull himself away. I look, and I realize the spirits are pulling him into the room, and he's trying to fight all of them at once. It feels like it's happening in slow motion, and then he screams as they drag him closer to the void. I shoot up from the couch, awake now, and realize I had let out a scream. It's quiet everywhere outside my house, and I don't know if anyone else in the neighborhood had heard. I wipe the sweat off my face and feel my heart beating in my chest. I need to get out of here. I know what I need to do now. I only hope that there's still time to do it. I park the car down the block from the hospital behind a motel and get out, wearing a pair of sunglasses and an oversized hoodie from my closet. I make my way towards the hospital and act unassuming, trying to blend in with the rest of the street. I set myself at the bus stop from across the way and look for two things. Cars, and if anyone is outside of the building. It's late afternoon, but it's quiet. Usually it is on weekends. In two hours, the sun would set and it would be due back here to work. I'm right across the street from 19B and I can see inside the window. I try to make out if anyone is in there, any living people, and after a moment of determining this, I find that it's empty. In fact, the door is closed from how I had it last night. Might even still be locked. This was a good sign. My assumptions had been correct. The old man wasn't going to be back here until later, which means I had no time to waste now. I put my hands in my pockets and walk across the street. I look for cars and see it's empty. I smash the window with a piece of straight concrete I had picked up along the way and drop it to the ground. I pull the bottle filled with gasoline out from the front of my pants and stuff the paper towels from my pocket inside of it. I can feel them looking at me from the inside. Like if a room was infested with insects that had eyes on their backs. I think they know what's going on right now and I know they don't like it. I light the paper hanging from the bottle and heave it inside. It explodes in a fiery burst against the wall and I swear I feel a dark energy scatter, like breaking the membrane on an egg. I quickly make my way out of the area. It'll be a solid minute before anyone inside notices. 
On my way to the car, I stop at the payphone outside the motel and make a call to the fire department. I get back to my car and pray that no one is getting hurt right now. Two hours later, I arrive to work and the whole hospital is in a state of chaos. That very night, the fire department put out the blaze and then they had moved everyone out one by one. Thankfully, my timing was right and no one was hurt within a matter of two weeks, the hospital had been deemed unfit for operation. This, of course, was in conjunction with all the other problems that it had. No one ever traced what had happened back to me, and had wagered no one would ever think of it. Eventually, nurses went off and got other gigs, as did the other staff. They all went their separate ways. The only person that was left from the whole thing was me. Still on the company payroll, I now sit outside in my car at night and watch the building from the parking lot making sure no one gets in, or even out. I heard about that old man. Died in his home a month later. Never had any more dreams about that room, though, or anyone in there. And I don't need to, because I see them every night, swirling around in that room like fish in a tank. They still look angry, but in a way, they look relieved. That's fine for now, until someone or something else moves in and lays claim to this building, and the whole fucking process starts over again. On and off through the night, I see their eyes flicker in the dark every time I pass by it from the outside. Every hospital is haunted. Every church, every school, every creepy abandoned building, they all have something in them. You can't pin it down as to why or how, but all I know for sure is that when it's your time to go, you'd better go. I could only wish for the other swirling eyes in that room to do just that, but as it stands to me, from where I look, they're just lost. You have been listening to Dead of Night, written and performed by myself, Nicholas Corys. Background documents provided by TabletopAudio.com. End music provided by BenSound.com. Please let us know if you're enjoying the show by subscribing and follow us on Instagram at Nicholas No Exit. You have been listening to No Exit with Nicholas Corey's.